Welcome to the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast with your host, Tom Singer. In each episode, we explore the interesting lives of business leaders, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, and others who have a healthy dose of the entrepreneurial spirit. It is time to explore something cool. Now, here is your host, Tom Singer. Hey, and welcome to another episode of Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Thank you so much for pulling your chair up to the cool kids table. If this is the first time you've ever listened to this show, my goal is to bring you a series of interviews with entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, business leaders, and maybe people who have jobs who are just entrepreneurial in that job with the hope that both you and I will be inspired by something that will be shared by these guests. I have interviewed the CEOs of some really big companies. I have interviewed some uh, people who are solopreneurs, just kind of starting out and really kind of kicking the tires on being entrepreneurs and everything in between. And every single time, now quickly approaching 400 episodes, every single time I learn something and I hope that you do too. I hope that if this is your first time listening to this show, that you'll go back into the archives and listen to some of the others and that you'll come back every Tuesday and Thursday and listen to the really cool people who we interview on Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. And today we've got a great interview with uh, with a guy named Joseph Warren, who I met a couple of weeks ago, and I was at a conference, and he he literally was one of the coolest people I met at the conference, and I didn't even care what he did. I just knew I had to share him with this audience. But before we get started, I have to thank the first sponsor of this episode. So many of you may offer physical products to your fans and customers, and dealing with the physical stuff and mailing it out and storing it, that can be a real pain, and it steals your precious time. Well, my friends at Amplifier... They blend order fulfillment, screen printing, and on-demand production into a single self-service platform that you totally control. And I know all about it because I'm in the process of selling my Try New Things t-shirts, and I'm working with Amplifier in order to be able to get those printed and sent out to you. They can integrate with your e-commerce shop and help drive the free giveaways that you might do. They're great for big internet powerhouses as well as entrepreneurs who are just starting out. On-demand means no inventory risk. And as you grow, you can stock up on inventory, and Amplifier will handle that for you. Jump over to amplifier.com slash cool things and sign up today. So speaking of today, today we have Joseph Warren here at Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. I can't wait to find out more about his background and what he does. Uh, He's got a couple of podcasts. We're going to talk about that. But Joseph Warren, welcome to the show. Tom, it is awesome to be here and congratulations on hitting 400 episodes this following week. I mean, that's a huge, huge achievement in the podcasting space. Really well done. You know, I set out with the goal of doing 50 episodes because somebody told me that if you ever feel like you're in a rut, go talk to 50 experts. There's no way you could come out of sitting down and interviewing 50 people and not be stronger. It's like your own personal university. Well, after I did 50 shows... I was smarter. I was stronger. I had learned a lot, and there was no way I was going to stop, not only for myself, but for the value that was coming to the people who listened to this show. So you kind of have always been an entrepreneur. Sometimes I interview people who like were a banker or an accountant or a lawyer who said, to hell with this, and they jumped out and started their own thing. But you were 19 years old when you started your first business, and while you admitted that you had to work some like side jobs in order to pay the bills while you were starting things up, you've really been kind of an entrepreneur from the beginning. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your background, what you've done, and what you do now? You got it. 
So I'll start back when I, I was a little boy, I grew up in poverty and my parents did the best they could with what they had, but there were six kids and a lot of mouths to feed. And I remember my dad worked super hard, but he was a blue collar worker. So he worked all the, the odd jobs, uh, manual labor. He worked with his hands. And as respectable as that is, I, I pictured a different future for myself. So I made an unconscious decision when I was younger that when I grew up, I was going to be three things. I was going to be happy, I was going to be healthy, and I was going to be wealthy. And from that day forward, I started searching for opportunities. And I worked all the, the regular jobs I think that young teenagers work. I worked at the convenience store down the street. Um, and I did all these uh, things to just kind of get some experience, but I was always looking past it. I was always looking, what's that thing that's going to get me happy, healthy, and wealthy? So at age 19, uh, I found that thing and I ans answered the ad, an ad, an ad in the paper. Um, and it was, it led to me becoming uh, co founders uh, with these gentlemen that placed this ad in the paper. And what we did at age 19, I started a professional fundraising company for national nonprofit charities. And we went out as a for profit marketing arm for all these awesome charities across the country. And if you know anything about many nonprofits, they suck at raising money for their own cause. It's just not something that they're good at. They got the big hearts, but they don't have the business savvy. So we went out with my team. I had 50 people on the street that I trained and we would raise money and then donate it to their cause. And we took a transactional fee for our services. And within 12 months, Tom, we had $2 million in revenue. And we looked at each other and said, what the heck did we just build? <laughs> So, so from the beginning, you came out of the blocks and you had some success. So where, where'd you go from there? Downwards. <laughs> I went downwards really fast. Um, I did 110 hours a week in that business for four and a half years. And you can imagine that led to burnout really quickly. And unfortunately, uh, my business partners, they didn't make the best choices regarding me. I was the guy that was out there doing all the hustle and they were the business guys and I knew nothing about business. Uh, so I was very green behind the ears. And unfortunately, some decisions were made without me that um, were not advantageous to me. So I ended up just leaving the company. And I made a really poor decision when I left that company because I was so young and green behind the ears. I forgot that when my income stops, my bills continue. <laughs> and I made that mistake, Tom. And I ended up going into uh, debt for the next two years and severe depression. Because I was riding at the top, I was in charge of a company, we're doing $2 million in revenue, and I had a team of 50 people that all looked up to me, and I helped them to provide for their families. And now all of a sudden, I was broke, I was depressed, I was lonely, and I was at the bottom. And that really messed with my psyche. So what'd you do? How did you, how'd you pull yourself out of that? Because I think, I think having depression or hard times or, or, or sadness or just hard knocks or, or extra pressure on your shoulders is really common for entrepreneurs, especially young ones. So what'd you do? Yeah. So I have this thing in me and it's that whole nature versus nurture thing. You know, are people born entrepreneurs or are they made? I, I believe that what we're born with may be a hunger or a passion to do something great. We know we're made for something bigger. Um, but then our environment really plays a part in that. So I believe both need to be married together, nature and nurture. So I grew up in poverty. Okay, there's that environment. But I also had a wiring to do something great. And I have this thing in me since I was a kid, Tom, where I always get back up. I don't know where it comes from, but I always get back up. 
and I have fallen so many times that um, it sucks going through it, especially this time. This was one of the worst times because I was dealing with depression. And what I did to answer your question is I looked around me and said, okay, that that's part of my past, all that success. What do I know how to do? Like what are basic thing skill sets that I currently have? Because I, I really put my identity in that business. And now I was left with any, with nothing, a blank slate. So uh, I remembered uh, a few years back, I had worked the family business with my dad. And at the time, he, has, he had a residential window cleaning business on Long Island. And he would wash the windows of these multi-million dollar homes of the wealthy and affluent. And I said, you know what? I know how to do that. Well, obviously, I don't want to compete with my dad. So I went out to the Hamptons on Long Island and I decided to start my business there. And it was a struggle at first. Um, and I follow, I, I, one thing I did that was smart, I would say, I went to my dad and I said, Dad, how did you start the business? Like, what were the very first steps, action things you did for the first two weeks? And he said, Well, I designed uh, flyers. Um, for my business, with my phone number, what I did, the benefits, and then I put them up at the supermarket. You know, so like the grocery store in the neighborhoods uh, in the areas I wanted to work. So he went to where his clients were, where they were aggregated, and then he put it up in the place where they all go. And he he said something really brilliant to me. I thought he said, Joseph, it doesn't matter um, if you're wealthy or if you're poor. Everyone goes to the grocery store. <laughs> And he said, I can reach my clients there. So he did. And it was totally against the law to put up flyers in grocery stores back then. But you just keep putting them up until the manager takes them down. Then you put them up until the manager takes them down. And eventually the managers get tired and they just leave them up. <laughs> so I did that principle for two weeks in the Hamptons. And within two weeks, I got my first phone call. Nice. Well, you kind of remind me of, of your story when you were saying, you know, that you have that thing inside you, you get up. It's the old saying, you know, fall down seven times, stand up eight you know, at, at the end of the day, I think for entrepreneurs, and I hear that a lot from people who I interview, uh, we forget that failure is part of the game of, of being in business. And so you have to be willing to stand up and, and go forward. When I was starting my business as a speaker, uh, you know, it was a struggle and I had a family and I had a mortgage and we lived in a nice neighborhood. So it wasn't a small mortgage. And, mm. you know, everybody was like, oh, you need to, you know, the recession's ending. You know, you've been doing this for two years. Maybe you need to go back and get a, a marketing job again. And somebody close to me said, so when do you just quit? When do you say I'm never going to make it as a speaker? And my answer was, well, I'm never going to quit. Even if I go get a job, I can still do it on the side. What was nice about it is, you know, when I had had a job before, I was still, you know, giving speeches. I enjoyed doing it. And, uh, you know, I just kept going and, and eventually, you know, the, the income matched what I would have made in corporate America. So it was like, oh, if I had quit, I never would have gotten that far. So there is something to be said for, you know, you can't do it blindly or stupidly, but there is something to be said for just continuously standing up and punching your way forward. I think you're so right. It's, you know, I think that's something inside of you. You have to have a hunger. You know, there has to be some kind of pain and pain creates hunger. It creates desire. So even if you don't have it, go do something stupid that causes pain in your life, right? Because all of a sudden you're forced to be resilient and resourceful. And that starts to breed that drive uh, that is required for entrepreneurship. So what do you love about the life of being an entrepreneur? What's, what's great about this? I get to take off every Friday and go to the beach. And I just do that every Friday. It's a habit I've been doing probably about eight months now, I want to say. And I love it. So I'm off Friday. I'm off Saturday. I'm off Sunday. And then I work on 
the things I want all week. So my primary business, I own two co-working spaces in Tampa, Florida. So that's office rental for entrepreneurs, right? So shared workspace, physical office space. And I've built it up over five years, Tom, to the point where I'm not getting rich off of it, but it pays all my bills with a, a profit, right? And I'm able, I have, I, I didn't get present to this until uh, I walked into my co-working space in flip-flops one day because I was working from my home office. And one of my members said, Joseph, you are, you are, you have what all of us want. And I was like, what? What are you talking about? He said, you have time. I was like, yeah, but I'm still working, you know, from home. I'm just not working on this business. He's like, yes, you have time to do your passions, the things you really want to do because you built up a business that pays your bills. And I really got present to just being grateful. Time is what we all want. And he's like, this is why we're all busting our butts, you know, to pay our bills and work for our family so that we can have more time with them, more time to do what we love. So that's my favorite thing about uh, the entrepreneurial lifestyle, Tom, is that I'm able to bust my butt for a few years to build up revenue, to pay all my bills so that I have more time to do what I truly love. So what advice do you have for somebody who is thinking, that's what I want? He's got the life I want. What would you tell them? You know, I'm about to uh, start a program on this um, because I have a podcast called First 100K. And I teach people in my co-working space how to make their first $100,000 or their next. And I believe 90% of entrepreneurs, that's where they're struggling. So what I would say to you right now, as you're listening to Tom's show, is if you haven't broken through the first $100,000 yet, the number one reason why that is, in my opinion, it's not lack of funding. I believe the number one reason why businesses fail, Tom, and you could push back on this, please. Uh, but in my experience, the number one reason why small businesses fail is not because of lack of funding. It's because of isolation. It's because we isolate ourselves as entrepreneurs working from our home offices and we're not putting ourselves in the places to meet the people with the resources that we need to grow our businesses. So the first thing I would say, number one, Here's your strategy. Join a co-working space. Obviously, it doesn't have to be mine. I'm in Tampa, Florida, but uh, Google co-working space and then your city's name. So it would be like co-working Tampa, co-working space Austin, Texas, and find that co-working space and join it because immediately what it does is it breaks you out of isolation. Because right now as a business owner, if you're working from your home office, you're bouncing your ideas off of the mirror. And I promise you that is a bad, bad idea. Well, you're not going to get any pushback from me on that. One of the big things I've taught for 12 years is the importance of your network and the people you surround yourself with. And in the stuff that I'm doing now, I, I have this whole program I do for corporations and law firms and get their staff sort of motivated. It's called the paradox of potential because so often we hide behind mm. the fact that we have a degree or we're really smart in something. So therefore, we have all this potential. Well, well, so what? Potential doesn't mean anything. Uh, you know, Knowledge is not power. It's simply potential. It's what do you do with this knowledge? It's what do you do with the potential that you're given? And everything falls into three buckets. And those three buckets are your passion. You got to like what you're doing or you're never going to break through. It's your plan. If you don't have a goal, if you can't begin with the end in mind, if you can't reverse engineer where you're going, you're just going to flail. And then the last bucket is the people. And that is uh, the people you work with, the people you surround yourself with socially. It's your mentors. It's your mastermind group. And so I think that you know if you're working by yourself, whether it's a co-working space or whether you're working from Starbucks or whether you just get together with three or four friends – uh, you know, to bounce ideas off of, you know, who are also in that same, you know, solopreneur spot. If you're not doing that, you know, you're, you're going to beat your head against the wall. It's going to get really lonely, really fast, even if you're an introvert. 
I agree with that. One thing I would add or push back a little on is I think going to the coffee shop, working out of a coffee shop is better than working at home. However, I have to say this uh, to your listeners because I deal with it on an everyday basis. Do If you have the choice, which you do, uh, to work out of a coffee shop or a co-working space, co-working space will build your business because it sets you up with credibility. Coffee shop, if you're meeting your clients at coffee shops, immediately your credibility is in the gutter. <laughs> it's just in the sewer. Why? Because here's the unspoken perception in their head, especially if they're your client, right? And say you're an attorney. I've had attorneys do this. They charge $300 an hour and they meet their clients at the local coffee shop. Well, that's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. But you know what? You know how many do it, Tom? And immediately in your client's head, they're saying to themselves, he can't afford an office, but he's charging me $300 a month and they don't want to do business with you. So I just want to push back on that because I think that's a very important distinction. Yeah, except for the fact that I actually like working in the coffee shop when I'm just sitting there writing because I like the the uh, the atmosphere of people around me. And I also like the fact that if I'm just sitting in my, in my room, I have no external uh, stimulation. And for me, mm. the way my personality works is the coffee shop works really well. And I've actually found it works better sometimes in a co-working space because sometimes the co-workers, you know, there's a time and a place to disturb people. So I kind of like constant things happening. So for me, yeah. I wouldn't, I'm not saying go meet a client there, but I don't have to necessarily meet clients. It's not what I do. But exactly. Uh, but it, getting, yeah, and getting I get out that. of the house, getting around people and running into, you know, one of the things that happens to me is I run into people all the time and that leads mm -hmm. to business. Yeah, I like I like that. And I think that's a great distinction. And I would meet you right at that <laughs> is uh, work out of the, the coffee shop if you're doing work where you're not meeting with clients, but do not meet your clients at a coffee shop. So I talk about this whole paradox of potential. So you start a business and, oh, you got so much potential. Some people succeed, some people don't. Mm. There's a natural gap between potential and results. Potential is, is not a solution. So why do you think some people get farther across that gap? Why do some people succeed when others go flop? I think uh, the number one reason is because we care too much how we look. We're trying to look good and avoid looking bad rather than taking action and not giving a crap how we look. We're, we're going for the result. And I've done this in my own life so many times where I, I'm too concerned about what others will think about me. I'm too concerned about their opinions and that holds me and, and paralyzes me and, and keeps me trapped in perfectionism. I got to get it right. I got to get it perfect before I take one step. And that is a lie. That's what I think keeps potential in a cage. And it's when you take that first step that reveals the, the second step and then the second step reveals the third step and the third step and so on and so forth. It's putting yourself out there. It's not trying to look perfect. It's sometimes good enough is good enough. <laughs> I have a friend who's been a guest on this show several times, and her book is called Good Enough Now. And she, her, her premise is, is that people wait too long because they want everything to be perfect and lined up, and they want to have hired the new person, and they want to get the funding, and they want to do this. And her answer is, you're good enough now. You know, start, take action, because, you know, that's the, that, that's the whole piece of it. So if you, haven't yeah, read, if you haven't read Good Enough Now by Jessica Pettit, you can pick that up on Amazon. And I just want to build upon what you just said, Tom, uh, because I, I think it's it's a fallacy, right? No matter how you try, how much we try to get it perfect, it never will be perfect. That's just not how entrepreneurship works. Entrepreneurship works in steps. It doesn't work in like bundles or or you know fifty steps in one shot. And that's what we're trying to start with is like let me get the first fifty steps right and perfect before I I 
launch into step one. And it, it never works. So I've got a couple more questions for you before I let you go. But first, I've got to thank the other sponsor of this episode. So this episode is brought to you by Podfly Productions. Podfly takes the time and the headache out of creating your own podcast. They set you up with the right equipment, training, and guidance to ensure that you're going to sound amazing. Podfly does all the heavy lifting and the technical work so that you can focus on creating great content, growing your audience, and interviewing really cool people like Joseph Warren. Hey, if you want to start a podcast, and I know some of you do, jump over to podfly.net slash cool things and check out the offer that they have for the listeners of this show. And I say it all the time, they are the best vendor I have ever worked with. So I can't give a higher praise to anybody than I give to Podfly. This show is coming up on four years and 400 episodes, and I couldn't have done it alone. They have been a great partner to make sure this show has succeeded. So Joseph, I call this show Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. What's the coolest thing you're doing with your business right now? The coolest thing is I'm taking a leap of faith, and I use that word specifically. I just signed with an agency in New York City that uh, they built up Grant Cardone. If you know of Grant Cardone, they built his brand. They built up Mel Robbins. That's their client. So those are two of the clients. And for whatever stupid reason, they reached out to me and said, we see what you've been doing with your two podcasts, your business podcast and your faith-based podcast. And we think that we could build you up into a huge platform and brand. So I signed with them uh, about a month and a half ago, and I cut the biggest investment check I've ever invested in myself. And there's a lesson there, invest in yourself. And what I'm doing right now, they're building the brand of building faith into your business. And they're like, Joseph, we don't think anyone has really ever owned that space. And there's so many people that are hungry for that message. How do you build your faith into your business? Because so many of us, I think, are living this duality, these two different lives. And we leave God at the door. And what, that, what happens when you leave God at the door of your business is you show up inauthentically in your business. And you wonder why you're not getting the results that you're looking for. And it's because people see something in you and they don't mention it, but they see something's off. Something's weird. Something's missing. And it's, it's this inauthenticity. And I have done this for most of my entrepreneurial career. I have left God out of it. And I've just chased the money, success, and pleasure. And I made those my gods. And I, I could tell you straight out, Tom, I always would get to a certain level, but I can never break past it. And it was because I was showing up inauthentically. And for the first time in my life, here's the cool thing I'm doing is I'm standing and building that brand, building faith into your business. So I have my first 100K podcast where I teach entrepreneurs how to make their first 100,000 or next. And then I have my Broken Catholic podcast where I sit and interview people that Catholics, atheists, agnostics, Protestants, Jews about why the world's not working. And what would it look like if we unified Christians everywhere? right? We all worship the same God and the divisiveness. And then I'm integrating both, both of those brands together, my faith and my business, so that there is no distinction. And people uh, are starting to really resonate with it. And we have listeners in over 50 countries and it's growing and it's expanding. So I feel that's a cool thing I'm doing right now. That's awesome. So that's very cool. So your two podcasts are The First 100K and Broken Catholic, and they can find those on all of the uh, regular podcast places, I assume. That's correct. Yes. All right. So I ask everybody who comes on the show, who is it out there in the world of entrepreneurship, sort of the entrepreneur sphere, if you will, 
that you admire? Because I think great entrepreneurs are observers. So I love to get the just the different people who my guests say, oh my gosh, he or she, they're doing cool stuff. I think for different times in my life, uh, it's been different people that I've looked up to. Right now, I'm really studying and being a student of Grant Cardone and Gary Vee because I think they deliver common sense knowledge. It's not like earth shattering stuff. It's stuff we already know, but they present it and package it in such a way that it occurs as new and fresh and exciting. So I'm really studying them and modeling uh, how their approach to how do you package um, and show up different in the world in your business. And the last question I ask everybody is, what do you do to give back to the greater good? Because I think as entrepreneurs, you know, money's great, but we got to do more than make money. How do you how do you leave your mark? Yeah, I'm glad you said that, Tom. Um, actually, money doesn't doesn't motivate me anymore. And I could say that with true authenticity. Of course, I need it to pay the bills and all that, but I really I'm not pursuing money anymore. Uh, what I am pursuing the greater good is I just started this thing uh, that this company in New York had me do. I do a Facebook live every morning at 7.30 a.m. You saw me do it at the hotel, I think in Austin. And it's called a the Daily Holy Hour. And it's the name of the group on Facebook. So if you just go to Facebook and put in search Daily Holy Hour, it's a 40-day holy hour challenge where I challenge people to spend one hour a day in quiet with their creator to really get present to who they are, why they're here, and what is God's plan for your life. Because I think if you don't know that, then you're living this unfulfilled life. And this is why so many people die with regret. The majority of humanity dies with regret because they never find out who the F they are and what they're meant to do with this life. And already so many people, we have over 100 members in the group, Tom, and one after another are having breakthroughs because they're starting to really get clear on what God's plan is for their life. And that changes everything. Now they show up in their business with authenticity because they put God first. Well, and I, reson- I resonate with that no regrets deal. I, I have sort of a personal mantra, and that is I'm making age 50 to 75 the best years of my life. I'm two years into it, and uh, I'm just saying yes to more things. The little voice in my head that always would talk me out of things or worried about what others would say or think, uh, I've, I've just really embraced this. And it's interesting how many people come up to me, even millennials, and they're like, I want to talk to you about this 50 to 75 is the best years of your life. But they want to start at 30, which is awesome. Uh, mm-hmm. And I wish I probably had done that. But, you know, I think that's the <laughs> whole thing is, is, is you don't have to have uh, regrets. You just have to figure out who you are. And, and I think whether that's your spiritual side or, you know, just your soul or just yourself, you know, I think too many times we put on masks and we show up one way at one thing and one way at another. And, you know, I'm always admired the people who are who are the same people personally, professionally, spiritually. They just are who they are. And and that might mean showing up with some flaws. That might mean they made some mistakes when they were younger. I mean, obviously, you know, we live in a society where we have to be careful, you know, of, of everything nowadays. And the truth is, is none of us are perfect and we've all done stupid shit. And I think that people who can just show up and be like, yep, you know, been there, done that, learn from it. Uh, that's who I really admire. And so I'm, I'm trying to be that person and uh, sort of leading that way of, of uh, the next 25 years is going to be the best years of my life. And, and my sideline is, is that that's a big charge because I've had a pretty good life. So, uh, <laughs> you know, it's going to be a lot of work to make sure I do that. But the key thing is no regrets. I love it. I think you're so right, Tom. It's, uh, it reminds me of that Jim Carrey movie, The Yes Man, <laughs> where he starts saying yes to everything. And all of a sudden, like all these new possibilities happen. 
And I got to tell you, um, I'll just put a spin on that. When I started saying yes to God and everything, um, I made him the CEO of my co-working space. Like, and that was just weird and different for me. But when I did that, like all these new possibilities just started opening it opening up. And here's the best thing about making God the CEO of your business, I think, is that when things go right, I give him the credit. And when things go wrong, I say, well, God, it wasn't me. I showed up and did the work, right? (laughs) So he gets the responsibility of it all. (laughs) Well, Joseph, it's been a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you so much for for sharing with the uh, Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do community. Any last thoughts? Yeah, I just want to say if you're stuck at your first 100K or you haven't broke through right now and and really that's causing you pain in your bills and your finances because you, it's causing struggle and hardship with your family, I would say, uh, you know, go to a first 100K. I'm going to put out a program. Um, it's not launched yet, but I'll do a pre-launch with it. And it's going to be how to make your first $100,000. It will be a coaching program. So if that's of interest, you want to get on the pre-launch email list, go ahead and do that because I'm really standing. It's not about the money. It's about time freedom so that you could spend more time with your family and do what you love. And I would just leave you with this. Uh, You cannot show up authentically in your business if you're leaving God out of it. So really just own that wherever you are in your spirituality. So how do people find you? If they want to get in touch with you, where do they go? Yeah. So I have uh, multiple places they could find me Um, on Instagram. It's real Joseph Warren. So it's real Joseph Warren. And then on Facebook, um, just put in Joseph Warren, or you could just Google Joseph Warren Tampa. I come up everywhere, I think. But uh, my main website is josephwarren.net and then brokencatholic.com for the podcast. And if you want that program, uh, how to make your first 100K, go to first100k.com. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being a guest here on the show. And I say it every time. Thank you. Thank you to the audience, because if it wasn't for you, we wouldn't have a show. Uh, If you like the show, go and tell some other people. That's the only way the show grows. Most people who tell me they listen to cool things entrepreneurs do tell me they found it because a friend listened to it. So so go out and tell your friends, hey, check out this show. Uh, If you like the show, jump over to iTunes or wherever you listen and leave a review. That always makes my day a little bit better. And then uh, finally, if you want to find out about me, all of my information is at TomSinger.com, T-H-O-M-S-I-N-G-E-R.com. If you work for a company or you belong to an association, I would love the chance to talk about coming in and speaking to your group uh, because I think we could have some fun together. Tom, can I add one thing? Please. I just want to publicly acknowledge you on your show that when I met you at the conference, you showed up authentic. Um, you, you showed your fun side, your playful side, you showed your serious side, you showed your faith side all at the same time. And I just want to say, I acknowledge you for that. And I respect you for that. So if you're listening to Tom's show right now, Tom is the real deal. And he's one of my favorite people. Well, let's leave it with that. That's a great way to end the show. Thank you very much. All right. We're going to be back in a couple of days with an interview with somebody just as cool as Joseph Warren. And you're thinking, wait, how will you ever find somebody just as cool? But we always do it. Uh, In the meantime, I'm going to challenge you. Go out there and try new things. And while you're at it, have a great day. Thank you for being part of the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast. Without your participation and listening to these conversations, there is no show. Connect with Tom at TomSinger.com and follow him on Twitter at at TomSinger. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.